Well, good morning. Come on, man. Wow, dude, so fun. So fun having our kids up here. So fun for Family Sunday. Fifth Sunday of every month is Family Sunday, Celebration Sunday. And uh, man, it's a joy, a joy to be with our kids this morning. Uh, thank you, children. Thank you, elementary kids and pre-K kids for enduring. Hopefully you got your craft outside. If you do need to pick up a craft, you can go outside to the kiosk, get one, um, and just uh, just anytime you need to. And uh, And so... What I love about a, a church like this, we were at the uh, beach trip yesterday. Who went on the beach trip? Yeah, yeah not all of us made it this morning. Uh, we, we're tired. I did, I did the worst part of a beach trip. I, I drank some energy drinks, and then I had insomnia last night. Didn't sleep. That was just too much, but... Um, Hey, we're going to be in several different spots this morning in your Bibles. Um, you could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12, which will be one of our theme verses for this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 12, if you want to hold your place there. And uh, I'm excited to get in God's Word, but man, there's much to celebrate as it's Celebration Sunday and much to do uh, as God is moving in our church. This whole summer, we've been in spiritual discipline, 75 hard. If you aren't familiar with 75 hard, it is the, it is the discipline of, of doing hard things for 75 days, whether it's to eat clean, to drink so much water, to get so much sleep, to do different things. And it's for physical fitness, but we're, we're equating that to spiritual practice, spiritual practice, spiritual discipline, because I believe in our church, we need some spiritual discipline. Uh, we really felt like as a staff that it's, it's so important for us to, to just hone in and discipline ourselves in a way not to earn salvation, but in a way to form the relationship that we already have with the Father because he's adopted us. And that's the point of this summer series, to form that relationship in a greater way, in a deeper way. No pun intended to our song earlier. Richard Foster would say this about disciplines, and he author the book celebration of discipline he says without a joyful spirit of festivity the disciplines become dull death breathing tools in the hands of modern pharisees so this morning we're going to talk about celebration everybody say celebration we're going to talk about celebration because we need a joyful spirit uh, he, would, he would go on further in his book to say that this discipline is so important because it is, it is vital for us to have a celebratory heart towards God. And how many know that celebration doesn't just come natural all the time? Not natural for all of us. Uh, for me, I, I grew up picking my favorite restaurant for my birthday, but we didn't go all out for birthdays all the time. I, I remember maybe a couple. My parents are in here, so I'm being very sensitive uh, right now. But, but as I remember, and they may remember differently, as I remember, uh, we didn't celebrate birthdays, big elaborate birthdays, but then I married Brandy. And when I married Brandy, celebrations was all she knew. In fact, it's Brandy Celebration Chapman is her name. And she, this is all she did was celebrate birthdays, celebrate all the time, celebrated um, big things. And it brought a lot of tension in our marriage, a lot of heated fellowship. Right, Pastor Edgar? Heated fellowship. Any married couples have some heated fellowship from time to time. 
And so we had some heated fellowship about this. I'm like, why are you making this such a big deal? It's just another day. It's just another moment. We don't have to go all out all the time and drain all of our emergency fund on the celebration. It's not an emergency. And yet she thought it was so important. And this past week, my son turned 10. And after 15 years of marriage, I started valuing celebration like I didn't value before. You see, I grew up, and, and some of you may grew up in different cultures where you celebrate everything. I grew up where we did not as much. And, and whatever culture you're in, I'm hoping to move us into a culture where we're celebrating moments matter in life. Celebrate moments matter. To celebrate and make a big deal out of something is very important. In fact, it's God's heart for us to do so. God's heart for us to do so. So uh, we celebrated Benson. It was an incredible birthday. It was like a week-long birthday. We went to Andretti's, invited all his friends. He turned the double digits. He's coming up to... (laughs) My son is coming up. All right. Skilled family service. Give it up for Benson. Bless. Okay. All right. Love you, dude. Go. <laughs> Unscripted sermons. That's what we're about. It's a big deal. And uh, I'm grateful we made a big deal out of it. We just celebrated 15 years of marriage, and Brandy and I made a big deal out of that. We, we were intentional. We, we celebrated. And what I realized, thank you so much. What I realized about life and what we read in Scripture is that every time there was a milestone within the Bible, there was a moment, there was a celebration or a feast that took place. Some of these feasts lasted seven days. Some of these feasts lasted 80 days. Uh, some, some celebrations, in fact, if you were married, you would have a year off of work and labor to celebrate that union and that marriage. Celebration is what God is about. God loves to celebrate. He loves to celebrate because it's in celebration that God is honored when we bring glory to him in the celebration. 1 Samuel 12, 24. I want you to read this with me. It says, only fear the Lord. This is Samuel talking as Saul's coronation. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. At this coronation, at this moment, when, when a king was being crowned, the first king of Israel, and this began to take place, Samuel notes that we should celebrate and we should consider all that God has done in our life. So a celebration can happen by God's common grace for the Christian and the non-Christian. How many know that those who aren't in Christ have birthdays too? They get married too. We read about King Herod's birthday in the Gospels. We read about celebrations happening all the time. The difference about this is, why is this a discipline for us? It's because it brings us to a moment not just to celebrate for temporary satisfaction or temporary moments, 
or something that is passing away, but it is celebrating and coming into agreement with what God has put in place. Uh, Lisa was celebrating a job that she got supernaturally from the Father that she believes was from God, and she celebrated and gave glory to God. She considered God. She considered God in the promotion. I want to tell you the difference between us and those who don't know Christ yet is that when we celebrate, we consider the Lord. Our celebration in our discipline is to consider what God has done. And oftentimes what happens is when you consider the Lord, it moves from something superficial into something deeper in your life. It connects you not just biologically, but it connects you with your spiritual family and spiritual people. There was a powerful moment when we were Benson and we were celebrating. There was this moment before they were playing arcade games and having all this fun. And we were going we to dominate Halo, weren't we, Benson? And we were going to do all these things. Yeah, I know. My kid's playing Halo. Send me an email. Okay. Uh, when we were doing all this, there was this moment we gathered all his friends. And we had all his friends lay hands on him. And we began to pray a blessing over him and a blessing for that year. You see, we considered the Lord in the celebration. It's important for us, church, as we move into the spiritual disciplines and we celebrate in this discipline. It's not just to throw a party, a fiesta. San Antonio is good at fiesta. Amen. It's not just to throw these parties and these moments and these coronations and these great things that are happening, but it's to Consider what God has done in your life. Consider what God has done in my son's life. Consider the breakthrough, the moments, the challenges, the learning moments, the way that we, we've spent time with the Lord, the way we're hearing his voice, the way we're coming to know him, and the way that we are imparting that into his friend circle. You see, parents, it's so important because you have your student's ear, you have your kid's ear until about the age of 13, 14 years old. It's, it's why it's customary there's this rite of passage from becoming a boy to a man because at the age of 13, 14, the biggest influence in their life is no longer their parents, but their friend circle. The friends become the largest influence. So it's imperative for us in these moments, in these occasions, to consider the Lord and to model it and display it. And now all his friends know, man, Benson's family loves the Lord. Occasions are opportunities to love the Lord, to celebrate, and God wants us to do this. Undisciplined celebration, undisciplined celebration would be known as this conditional celebration. Conditional celebration is undisciplined celebration, meaning that happiness in our life only happens by our happenstances. That the moments that we have joy and the moments that we celebrate is about the world around us. And, and oftentimes that that is what many people do is they only celebrate when life is going well. They only celebrate when life is good. They only know these moments. 
of celebration. Of, uh, and it becomes undisciplined where it's only done out of emoting. And, all, and this is what we're trying to do as a church is move us from just not just emoting, but putting these disciplines in place so that we can make room for the Lord to move in our lives. We want to be led by him, don't we, church? We don't want our happiness to be conditional. We don't want that to happen. We want to decide. We want to have the right attitude. And the enemy of celebration is what? Complaining. Have you found this to be true? The enemy of celebration in our life, the thing that would rob you from that discipline would be complaining. Complaining would be like this, made a whole list, and you, maybe you have your list, is I don't have enough. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. I'm not fit enough. He's not the husband I thought he was going to be. She is not the spouse I thought she was going to be. This university is not good enough. This church is not hip enough, cultured enough. My hair is too short. My hair is too long. My car is too old. My purse, the, the, this person is annoying. My boss is out to get me. The world is out to get me. My friends are out to get me. My teacher is always on me. And what happens is we move into an attitude of complaining. And it's why discipline as a celebration needs to happen in our life. Because when it does, it checks the attitude within. When we say every Nights, my wife and I pray almost every night. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Almost every night we pray. And when we pray, it checks my heart on the way I treated her that day. When I go to the Father, when I'm going to the Lord, and I'm celebrating what God's done that day, all of a sudden I'm checked. Ooh, I need to repent, I need to apologize. That's why it's helpful to move in this way. Colossians 3.2 moves us into an attitude. It says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Set your mind on the things that are above and not the things that are on earth. Set your, set your mind on godly things, godly celebration as we're moving. It's, it's considering the Lord, putting our eyes on him, fixing our eyes on Jesus, seeing his best. I, I love to see my son through the lens of Christ because it lets me love him better. I love seeing my spouse through the lens of Christ. I love seeing our, 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 our co-workers through the lens of Christ. I love seeing them through that way because what happens is, is that I begin to start seeing them how God sees them. So the th second thing that we see is if we have conditional celebration, that godly celebration, this spiritual discipline is unconditional. It's unconditional. That we have to choose our attitude. Disciplined celebration is unconditional celebration. It means that we have a choice over our emotions. So now we no longer have excuses. And this is a good thing. 
St. Augustine said this, the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot, that we should always be giving praise to God. We should always be setting our eyes on him. We should always be setting our eyes up above. For we have died to ourselves, Colossians 2, 3 says, but your life is now hidden with Christ in God, that, that we can now put to death all the ungodliness and all the things that come up and tempt us and all the moments that come about verse 8 in Colossians chapter 3 says this but now you must put them all away anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices that we are to put off our old self and whatever we do verse 17 whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him spiritual discipline of celebration is giving god glory in every moment of our life when we talked about the discipline of prayer we talked about the lord's prayer our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It starts with praise. When we go to prayer, the first thing we do is we start with thanking Jesus of everything that he's done in that day. You may know this if, if I've met with you one-on-one -on -one for any type of discipleship. What do we always start with? We always start with a celebration, right? Because how many of you know you just can't wait to see your friend? You just can't wait to call your mom. You just can't wait to do those moments to talk about everything bad that is happening. You word vomit. And, and I love this uh, lady, Anna. She would say, instead of word vomiting, that our breath should be Bible breath. That we should constantly talk about God's goodness, his love, his grace, all that he's done and put away those things. Some of those, um, some of those things that we're emoting, that, that we're emoting in sinful ways oftentimes. Sometimes we need to get perspective and this is what helps us in our praise, isn't it? Uh, it's interesting, Benson and I and Brielle and Brandy, we all went on a mission trip to Mexico. And when you go on a mission trip to Mexico, it gives you perspective on what you have. It's interesting how much my daughter appreciated the showers in the United States from the showers we had in Mexico. It's interesting to know that we can just drink the water from the tap and not get sick. Right, Braille? Like, it's just so nice. It gives us perspective. It gives us perspective when we run across kids in the streets and they have so much joy playing, but they don't have many possessions. Have you ever been in a second world country, a third world country, and you just know that kids can just play with rocks? They can, that, that oftentimes they have just have that one toy or that two toys and they're always carrying them around. It gives us perspective. Perspective gives us gratitude. It gives us gratitude. It gives us this moment to be able to celebrate. It gives us this moment to see what God is doing in our life. Perspective is good. It's why when a lost person becomes found, it says that the, the, the host of heaven celebrate. It's why when we baptize somebody and they come out of the water, we all clap, don't we? We all get excited for them. Why? 
Because it gives us perspective because we know what they used to be like. Have you ever met somebody you knew what they were like and now they're completely different? And so you have this moment of seeing this perspective, this change, this shift that happens. And it gives you this moment to rejoice and celebrate what God is doing, what he's up to. Mission trips are a great way, a great way for us to celebrate, a great way. And so we have a few mission trips happening in August that I want to just highlight. We have the Simmons right here going to Zambia. Come on, wave Simmons. Well, they're going to be, they're going to go over there with Jordan, taking them for his senior trip. And they're making it an occasion to consider what the Lord is doing in their life, considering this milestone in Jordan's life. And they're going over there to work with an orphanage and to move and minister there. We have Chantal and Alicia going to Brazil, where they're going to be teaching English, throwing a worship service, doing some incredible things. And we have Russ and Deb going to Guatemala for helping with some medical missions for the month of August. Just some awesome mission trips, and I just thought it would be cool if we just prayed over them and, and what God is doing in their life. Can we take a moment to do that? So if you're in here, Simmons, would you stand up? Alicia, Chantal, anybody else who's in here, if you stand up, we're just going to stretch our hands out to you. We're going to pray a blessing over you. Father, we just, we thank you, God, for the Simmons. We thank you for Chantal. We thank you for Alicia. God, we thank you for the coats. Holy Spirit, as they go on mission, I pray, God, that you would bless them, that you would watch over them, that you would touch them. I thank you, Jesus, that they are going on mission for purpose. And Lord Jesus, we just, this is just a great occasion. And so Lord, we celebrate what you're doing in their life. We celebrate the lives that are going to be changed. And God, we consider what you're doing right now in this moment. Would you bless them? Would you touch them? Would you direct their steps? Give them divine appointments right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would just breathe upon them of freshness. Download to them everything they need for this mission trip. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. <laughs> Mission trips bring perspective. They bring perspective. They allow us to celebrate what God is doing. Occasions bring reasons for us to celebrate too. Different occasions that we have that are coming up. Moments to celebrate. Moments to do this. And what I love about this is lastly, we see that celebration always leads us to joy. Celebration leads us to joy. Sometimes you wait for joy to happen before you celebrate, don't you? You wait for the joy to come upon you before you're going to say, okay, now let's celebrate. But it's actually the discipline of celebrating that you'll find the spirit moving and bringing joy up out of you. It's this that we read in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
You see, this is a moment that happens. Before you find this peace, before you find God moving in a great way over your heart and over your mind, before you do this, it always has this moment of praying and giving thanks. Praying and supplication, thanksgiving, celebration precedes the joy and the peace that we need in our life. This is helpful to note because oftentimes we're like, man, why am I not happy? Where is the joy? What is going on? And then you move back in this place that we often find ourselves of complaining and woe is me. A woe is me attitude will leave you out of peace and anxious about life, anxious about what's coming around. We know this. We read the story of Jonah, which we don't have time for today. But Jonah, he started playing the fiddle, didn't he? He played the fiddle. He, he woe is Jonah. He was supposed to go to the Ninevites and supposed to tell them repent. And, and they, the, Jonah was about this thinking that, man, these people don't deserve repentance. They don't deserve God's grace. They don't deserve this situation. And, and oftentimes in life, we find ourselves like Jonah complaining about what God is doing versus considering how God is changing people and giving them grace and giving them new opportunities and new chances. So how do we practically practice the celebration of discipline in our life? How do we practice this this week? How do we go about this this week? The first thing I would say and I would ask you to do to apply this is to start praying over your dinner meal every night. Pray a prayer of grace, of thanksgiving. It's amazing how it changes the atmosphere when you're thankful and you pray for what you have. There used to be a day when you didn't know what you would get on your plates. You didn't know what God would provide. You didn't know. And so the gratitude was so much more. But in a culture of excess, in a culture of, of consumerism, in a culture where I can go get any type of food around the world here in San Antonio right after church, sometimes it allows me to forget, forget about God's grace and to be thankful for what he's doing. You see, oftentimes we forget this. I believe it's in Deuteronomy 8, don't quote me. And this isn't in my notes, but, but in Deuteronomy 8, I believe there's this moment that is set up where we're supposed to give a Thanksgiving offering. And there's this moment where if you have too much, the Lord is instructing the Israelites. From what I recall is as he's instructing them, he says, consider the Lord, give a thanksgiving offering, make, make it known. Because what happens is the more you get without that celebration discipline in your life, you'll start getting comfortable and this is what happened to the Israelites. And I believe that this is maybe what the Lord would say to us this morning. Maybe he would encourage us in this way is that when you start having excess, you start having more money, more things, more accessibility, more, more opportunities. What will happen is when you are desperate, 
you used to celebrate and thank God for the little. But when you get the excess, sometimes we forget to celebrate and thank God for what he's given. And this is the, this is the caution here. And this is why discipline matters because what will happen is <clears throat> so much will come into your lap. You'll be provided for so much that what will happen. And oftentimes this is what happens is that we will end up walking away from the Lord instead of considering the Lord. We'll end up walking away from what he's done in our life. Celebration is a discipline because without Without it, we forget that everything we have comes from the Lord. Everything we have. It's why we pray every night at the meal table. It's because everything on the table is from the Lord. Every good thing is from God, and I don't want to forget him. So say the grace over the meal. The second thing is start with a prayer of thanksgiving every time you pray. Instead of your need list, how many of you have a need list? My two of us. We have two of us have need lists. Okay, three. I see that hand. Okay. We have a list of needs, a list of wants, a list of desires, a list of, of, of goals and vision and all those things. But instead of starting with the need list, start with the Thanksgiving list. This is my encouragement for you this week. Start with a thankful list. God, I'm thankful for my family thankful for my job thankful for breath in my lungs I'm thankful for my friendships thankful for my spiritual family I'm thankful for what you're doing I'm so thankful and the third thing that I want to encourage you to do is start to celebrate occasions for some of you you don't want to celebrate birthdays for some of you you may not want to celebrate anniversaries for some of us, we don't want to celebrate these occasions, these moments, because these moments may have some memories tied to them that are not so pleasant in our life. It may have been the moment that your mother or your father forgot to call on your birthday. Maybe the moment where your marriage is in a rough spot, so it's really hard to celebrate. You may find yourself in a tough spot and there may be occasions where you don't want to celebrate, but I want to encourage you to start celebrating occasions. And when you celebrate occasion, I want to just free us up a little bit because we live in that consumerism, because we live in this culture, because of all this, what happens is oftentimes this spirit of idolatry, idolatry comes into us, which is an idolatry of self, narcissism, where, where if I start celebrating my birthday it's my birthday month and my birthday week and my birthday day and it's it's all about me what happens is if you do that too 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 much you tilt one way you start becoming narcissistic and self-focused so instead of celebrating occasions where it's just about you or it's just about this marriage start celebrating through this lens of whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. That our birthday celebrations 
our anniversaries, our graduations, these moments when we start celebrating out of that discipline of thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I graduated. Thank you that you got me through this. Thank you that you got me through this year, God. Thank you that my, my marriage is not what it is, what I want it to be today, but it will be. And I trust you because I know that you honor a covenant. You're gonna honor faithfulness. You're gonna honor it. God, I thank you for birth. I thank you. I may have a hard time with self-image and the way that I look. I may have a hard time appreciating myself, but Lord, thank you for making me. Thank you for, for making me and knitting me together in my mother's womb. And, and God, you made me in a way that you revered and that you loved and, and you all. And I thank you for the way that I'm made and the way that you birthed me. So grateful. These are the things that I would encourage us to do. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over you and then lead you in communion. <clears throat> If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. It's grace. Common grace given to man that we get to celebrate. And when celebration happens, there's affirmation and joy that takes place. And it's so common. It's for those who are in Christ and for those who are not in Christ that there's this moment of, when we celebrate, there's these, these, these moments that happen in us that, that joy begins to take place, that, that anxiousness gets to fall away. But Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, this morning that our, our joy is not a temporal joy. Our joy is not conditional. That the, the right standing in the moment that we are in is not conditional. But when we celebrate, we're celebrating in a way that's unconditional. We're celebrating in a way that even if my present circumstance is tough, we trust you. We lift you up. We, we lean into you. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. God, I thank you for what you made and how you made us. Right now, I'd love for you to just thank be thankful. What is something that you need to be thankful for this morning? What is something that you've cursed that you shouldn't have cursed? What's something that you spoke death over that you should have spoke life over? What's that self-talk that is bringing you down that you need to just correct and repent of? This is your moment before you come to the table to, to have communion. This is your moment to say, Lord, I'm tired of this self-talk, this self-hate, this bitterness, this destruction. Right now I celebrate you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for my job. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for the food on the table, God. I thank you for these mission trips, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing. God, that which I've cursed, forgive me. I call it blessed. I call it blessed, God, that you're gonna bless it. You're gonna redeem it. You're gonna restore it. You're gonna renew it. You're gonna change it. You're gonna move right now in the name of Jesus because we need you to move in our hearts through us so that we no longer have a mind of death. But we renew our mind. We clothe ourselves with Christ. We're renewed through him. Jesus, do that in our church. 
over and over and over again. Let us be a people speak life and not death. Encourage and not discourage. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Luminous, maybe you're new this morning, but we take communion every Sunday. Jesus, our Lord, our King, would say every time you meet together, take the Lord's Supper. Consider what God has done. Remember. This is a great opportunity for us to remember. Jesus, when he was taking communion, it was Passover. Everybody was coming to the city to celebrate God's faithfulness of deliverance. They were were enslaved. They crossed the Red Sea. They became a free people, God's people. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the Lord's Supper and he's saying that old covenant I'm making new not through a moment in time that happened then of a lamb shed and the Passover death the 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 plague coming over and death passing over but what I am doing saying I'm going to be the lamb I'm going to be the one whose blood is spilled it's going to be written and spread on the doorpost of your heart And when death comes, it will have no sting for those who are in me. He was taking the Lord's Supper and he took the bread and said, this is my body, which is given for you for the forgiveness of sins. This is my body that was given for you so that you may have life. So Lord, we bless this body right now. And then he took the cup which was poured out for the forgiveness of sins, his blood. He said, this cup is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, thank you for this cup. Thank you for your bloodshed. Thank you for what you're doing. Jesus, we come to the table out of a discipline of celebrating what you have done. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.